It's time for the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Tom Baker. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Stock Car Show. Presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsports safety. We are live on the Race Chaser Media Facebook page, also on the Performance Motorsports Network, i.e. PMN Radio app. If uh, you are looking to listen live to our show and cannot watch us on Facebook, just go to uh, your app's device store and download the PMN Radio app. That is where you will find us. Good to have you with us here as we kick off another week of Motorsports Conversation Lots to talk about. My name is Tom Baker. Joining me at the table here in the Race Chaser Studios in Mooresville, North Carolina is Jacob Seelman from Speed Sport. And then, of course, uh, behind the proverbial glass over in the tech shed, uh, which is also known as the control room, we have Randy Miller, our third co-host, and also our audio production engineer. And then we have uh, uh, over there as well, Chris Murdoch, and Chris doing all the right things, punching up the video buttons so that we can stay on the video side of things in good shape. So lots to talk about. We've got a guest joining us later on in the program. Dylan Bassett going to be with us. I'm pretty excited to talk to Dylan because Absolutely. much like his younger or older brother, actually, Ronnie, um, he finished 15th. In his most recent Xfinity start, which for Dylan happened to be his first one. Uno, um, one. Yeah. So took Ronnie two starts to finish 15th. Took Dylan just one. So that's uh, Dylan's, Dylan's leading his brother. He's a little bit of a quicker adapter. Um, and I'm, Actually, I'm just trying I, to... I would argue he had a better first track. Well, he probably did. You're right. Because uh, ISM is a very challenging track to make your debut at Richmond's so, just fun Richmond is fun so yeah um that's what we got to joining us later on and lots to talk about from the weekend and probably um fight and argue and disagree over maybe in some cases we'll see but um want to start with where we always go which is the news of the day and since there hasn't been but 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 yes there has okay <laughs> what's the big news of the day in your mind the big news of the day is the fact that Jimmy Johnson finished the Boston Marathon. Hello. That is actually news of the day, and I it forgot is. all about uh, J.J. running the marathon. because And he was tremendous, too. For his first ever marathon, his goal was to finish in under three hours, and he came pretty darn close. Three hours, nine minutes, and seven seconds. Wow. In his first 26.2-mile go from oh i can't remember exactly where it starts it ends in boston hence the boston marathon yes but um no it was awesome i actually watched some of his progress through the day or through the morning on twitter started at 10:25 a.m. finished at 1:34 p.m. eastern time and the reception 
through the broadcast on NBCSN, the fan reaction has really been tremendous. And I don't think this will be the last, the first and last time you see Jimmy do this. I think it might just be the beginning of something. Michael Waltrip ran the Boston Marathon back in 2000, but I, I would argue at that time to much less fanfare. I think you well, know, yeah. with, with Gatorade's help, there was a lot of promotion for what Jimmy did today and the fun part about it is at least in my mind is when you look at this going forward next year it falls on the same it falls on richmond weekend or right after richmond weekend again Again, so there might be a chance to see him uh try you know try to come back next year and hit that goal in 2020 but just cool to see i mean i can't eat I can barely run one mile, let alone 26.2. So exactly. I, I, I am beyond fathoming what Jimmy accomplished today. And if I were wearing my hat, it would be off to you, sir. Well done. I agree. And I would be surprised if Jimmy didn't run it again, Randy. I, I could see this becoming a yearly thing for a while for Jimmy because this is something that's always been very important to him, the fitness side of things. And to hear the other drivers talk, they have a hard time keeping up with them on a bike, let alone, you know, in in this type of a scenario with a long distance run. So it wouldn't surprise me at all to see this become a a yearly uh, exercise for Jimmy, if you'll pardon the bad pun. Right. I mean, if you if you ask any driver in the garage area, they they always tell you they look up to Jimmy Johnson because he pretty much is the one that started the whole, you know, like get fit initiative in NASCAR. and. I mean, he's, you know, in his, what, um, what mid-40s now, or close to... 43. 43, yeah. So he's he's getting up there um, in age, but don't let that, you know, that, that age fool you, because age is just a number to him. And no, he's exactly. He's more fit than yeah. half the people half his age in the garage area right now. So, I mean, you know, hats off to him. If anybody has never, you know, doesn't know what the Boston Marathon is, it's a 26-mile race. Um, and I think it starts, I think the city we're looking for, I think it's Hopkinton, I think is what it's called, something like that. Um, but it's it's a it's an grueling thing to do, and, and to be able to do it in three hours is a hugely commendable job. So some numbers there. Uh, Jimmy averaged just over seven minutes per mile over the course of the 20. Wow. I think it was like seven minutes and 18 wow. seconds average mile, which averages out to about 8.24 miles an hour if uh, Bob Pockris' math is to be believed, and I'm pretty sure it is because Bob's better in that category than I am. That's just, that's stunning to me. It is, actually. When when I think about the fact that the human body is capable of something like that over such a short period of time is really what just kind of makes me marvel. Yeah, I mean, the amount of training that's required to get to that point, you know, and and Randy talked about Jimmy's age, but Mm -hmm. the reality is that, you know, we all have a calendar age, and then we have a body age. I mean, right. you know, I'm 51. My body is probably about 76, um, <laughs> you know, but um, in Jimmy's case, he's definitely, it, he's got the fitness, I would guess, of probably a 20-year-old at this point. So I don't think calendar age has too much to do with this right now. I bet you Jimmy could do this for a, a few years at least, uh if he wanted to. So that's that's a pretty neat uh pretty neat opportunity for him and glad that he showed so well and you know to to finish in just over 3 hours that's pretty amazing. So I think that that also should basically blow away 
any controversy about whether race car drivers are athletes, athletes or not. Um, they are. Yeah, I think end that of one story. just uh, that one just got blown to smithereens. If only he could turn his foot power into horsepower. And, and, <laughs> That's a know, Hendrick Motorsports problem, yeah, Randy. Yeah, I agree with I agree with that uh, with Jacob. I I think I know. I think we've seen that. Uh, you know, because if you even if you just look at Richmond, pretty much all of the Hendrick cars ran together the whole race, so nobody. Yeah. The clouds Nobody. are starting to part over at Hendrick, I believe. It's not a cloudy day over there anymore. They're starting to, to see sunny skies in the air. Well, yeah, I think this package has helped them a little bit, um, at least for now. But, you know, at some point, I think they're going to figure it out again. You know, it's it, they hit, they've had, over the last couple of years, they've had such a lot of change in that organization from management on down right through the crew chiefs and such. And now, of course, this year you've, you've got Chad over – working with William and Jimmy as a new crew chief. And um, so it's been a, I think it's been a very different situation for them this year. And everybody seems to be getting more comfortable. It wouldn't surprise me at all as we get closer to Charlotte time to see them come out. Cause that's a track, <clears throat> excuse me, where traditionally Hendrick has done pretty well. And especially Jimmy, it wouldn't surprise me at all that by the time we get to Charlotte, the uh, Hendrick Motorsports team is is going to be pretty stout and contending at least for the six hundred. I hope so. I mean, I, I quite frankly, the longer Hendrick Motorsports goes without contending for a win, it, the more and more disappointed I get. The fact that we are a quarter, twenty five percent of the way through the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series season, and we still only have. Two organizations that have gone to victory lane. Number one, it should be very concerning for the rest. What of the do you field. make of that? <laughs> what, I mean, what I make of that is Team Penske and Joe Gibbs Racing figured out the package faster than everybody else, and everybody else is playing catch up. Yeah, that is literally what I make of that. And you know, when it's just like in F one, when you have rules changes or package changes somebody's going to figure it out first. And these two organizations, much like Stuart Haas did, I think, during the uh, previous set of rules changes a couple years ago, Stuart Haas figured it out first then, as we saw back when Kevin Harvick was winning the championship around 2014. Now, JGR and Penske have figured it out, and it's up to everybody else to figure out what they're doing and try to replicate it quickly. Otherwise, this is going to turn into a runaway really really fast well what's interesting about that is you look at the Penske team Randy and you know you've got three drivers there that are obviously very capable and you know you you've had both Kozlowski and Logano get wins Blaney has done everything but win um and then you look at JGR and you got four veteran drivers pretty much uh, aside from Eric Jones who's been in it long enough that I would consider him a seasoned driver now. Um, I mean, it, it took until this this past weekend at uh, Richmond for Martin Truex to get a win finally, and it was his first short track win in 81 races. It's it's kind of a – the story is different for each organization, but like Jacob said, those two have basically got the rest of the field covered or have had them covered for the most part with a couple of cars being exceptions throughout most of the season. Yeah, and I, I know we're about to go to break, but I, I, I pose a question for later on when we do the you know the lightning round, and, and that would be where we think Ryan Blaney and, and Eric Jones are sitting right now because they're the only two drivers in the organizations who haven't won a race yet. 
Well, you know and, what? We can uh, we can talk about that on the other yeah. side of the break, actually, because that would be an interesting topic to debate. So we'll uh, we'll hit that around the turn here. We'll step aside. We are just getting started with tonight's stock car show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at HMSMotorsport.com, and we'll be right back. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Hi, this is Denny Hamlin. I want to share with you today a little-known but widely pervasive neurological disorder called dyspraxia. It's estimated that dyspraxia affects between 4 and 10% of the general population, and the majority of those affected are male. The condition primarily affects motor skills, but also can affect memory, judgment, and executive function. It's sometimes referred as the hidden disability because it's not immediately obvious to others that the person affected has special needs. My niece Sarah has dyspraxia, and with the proper support in place, she is very successful in school and other activities. Sarah was lucky because she was diagnosed early. Many children and adults go years without knowing. Let's raise awareness for this disability that affects 1 in 11 people. I encourage you to learn more, get involved, and support the Dyspraxia Foundation USA. Thank you. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Hi, I'm Riley Herbst, and you're listening to Race Talk on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport. The leaders in motorsport safety, you can find them on the web at HMSMotorsport.com. They have two locations, one right here in Mooresville, North Carolina, and one up in Danvers, Massachusetts. So you can either drop by one of those two locations or go to their website at HMSMotorsport.com. 
and they will help you out with all kinds of uh, brands of driving apparel, racer apparel, whether it is, shouldn't say apparel, driving gear, safety gear, uh, helmets, shoes, fireproof underwear, uh, any type of, of thing that you need, head and neck restraints. They've got all of it. They've got radios. Uh, they even got a special brand of wax for your car. So uh, feel free to go to HMSMotorsport.com and check, it that, check them out. And remember, they're not just going to sell you something. They're also going to make sure that it's fitted properly if you're in one of their stores. And they'll do their best to make sure you have the right product for what type of racing you're doing in your situation. It is not one size fits all. So be safe and go with HMS Motorsport for all your driver safety needs. And we continue to talk about uh, a couple of drivers. You're pointing at me. Why are you doing I'm, I'm that, Jake? I'm pointing at you because I just had a, a brain blast here. Oh, really? Um, yes, I did. And it actually... We should celebrate that. It... <laughs> Gee, thanks. <laughs> anyway... What's actually, on your brain? Well, my brain got jogged when Riley Herbst bring, brought us back from break because yes. it made me think of the 18 Monster Car, which uh, then led me to Ty Gibbs, which led me to the ARCA race from Sunday, which <laughs> led me to an important news item that we probably ought to talk about. Um, for those who were not paying attention, the ARCA Menard Series was in action on Sunday at Salem Speedway for their second short track race of the season. The notable thing there is not necessarily that Michael Self won the race, though. That is notable. That is very notable. Um, I was planning to talk about that later. Yes. What's most notable there is the points leader. Yes. That being Christian Eckes was not in action on Sunday. And gosh, uh, what this was was a lot of small things turning into a very big thing quickly. He actually qualified second on Saturday afternoon and then became very ill following qualifying, was uh, taken to to a local hospital where they discovered a uh, small tear in the esophageal lining in his trachea. Yeah. Uh, Combined with a bacterial infection means that uh, Christian has uh, definitely had some recovery time, and he uh, is still in the hospital, at least as of earlier this afternoon. The good news from Venturini Motorsports is that uh, he is expected to make a full recovery, and at least by by all accounts right now, it appears he will be uh, released later this week and be able yeah. to compete next Friday when the ARCA Series takes to Talladega Super Speedway for the next round of the season. I went back and forth briefly with Tom Venturini this afternoon afternoon who said Christian's in really good spirits uh, actually passed along our own well wishes to him from all of us here at yes. uh, Race Chaser and PMN and uh, got a thank you back from Christian there he's just ready to get back to the racetrack oh I can Small imagine setback but the good news is even though he was not able to race Sunday uh, the points implications are not nearly as bad as they could have been yes he was the points leader yes he drops out of the points lead however after conferring with ARCA officials, the good news here is because he practiced and qualified the car, ARCA has a rule where uh, for every five consecutive races that a driver competes in, yep. they get 250 bonus points towards the championship. Even though Christian did not race on Sunday because of the medical issues, because he practiced and qualified, that constitutes participating in the Salem event, so he will still be eligible for the first round of bonus points. He's only 105 points back right now, and at five points a position, 
we, he's shown he can go on a tear and win a couple of races at a time. He, there's 17 races to go. He is not out of this championship by any stretch no, of not. the imagination. The main thing is going to be getting him healthy again. Um, you know, he, it, what that amounted to was food poisoning. Um, and so it's going to be, he's definitely going to be down some strength. And that's really what's going to be the key for him, I think, is to be able to, however long he has to stay in the hospital, to be able to get out in time to actually get enough strength back um, to to go and run at Talladega. I mean, that's a pretty big deal, honestly, trying to run uh, Talladega after coming off something like this. You know, his his body will certainly take a bit of a jolt from it. Um, and Christian's not a particularly big, strong kid to begin with, so... Hopefully, um, he'll be okay to race on Friday and won't have to miss any more time in the car uh, because then that would start to hurt him, I think. But right now, um, it seems as though he's in a pretty good position if he can just get back and be competitive on Friday. Right. should be fine. Absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, our, our prayers and for a, a speedy recovery to Christian Eckes. Yes. And hopefully he gets sure. out in time to go compete on Friday because that, that was really unfortunate. Yes. When I heard he'd fallen ill, you figure, well, the flu or whatever. Yeah, a week from this yep. this coming Friday. Um, yeah, see, that that you know, was my first inkling was, you know, thought it was probably the flu or yeah. something. But, gosh, when when you hear Terror what it actually was from food, from food po- complications from food poisoning, that's just, it's one of those perfect st- storm of circumstances that you would never expect. Try saying that five times. Yeah, fast. really. You had trouble with it. Yeah, yeah that's a, that's a tough, uh, tough situation for Christian, so we certainly wish yes. him well. I mean, he... His teammate won the race, and Michael Self was even emotional that Christian couldn't be there. I mean, he was he was kind of choked up talking about it in victory lane. You know, he made the point. Yeah, I'm points chasing, but I don't. You know, I don't want to have a shot to win a championship because of this. Well, you know, it's kind of one of those things you gotta you take things the any way you can get them because you know there's good and bad in racing, and no, you don't want to have that happen, but. Um, you know, Michael understands obviously that he's, you know, he's got a sponsor and he's got a, so it was good that he was able to go out and run and win and, um, and do that. It was, um, obviously a rain shortened race. Uh, Harrison Burton actually got the call very late in the going. Yes. 1130 Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, uh, that was a very big deal for him and, and he had to hustle to get there and jump in that car. Harrison did a nice job. Finished eighth. Yep. Uh, did a nice job, and he only had half the race to work with. So right, uh, that race called at lap. They literally got to the completion point, lap one hundred and one. Yeah, and Mother Nature said, eh, "You're That's done." That's it. Check and flag. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. So um, it was good that Harrison was able to get some, uh, get a good finish for uh, Christian's team anyway. And uh, those are those are two very good friends right there. So. Uh, I think Harrison was probably very excited to go and be able to get in that car and do what he did. So For sure. Yeah. Um, so Michael Self getting the win in that one. But uh, back to the subject at hand, we were talking actually about Ryan Blaney in the last segment. Yes, we were. Um, and I'm going to let Randy sort of repose the question again for debate, which uh, covers Ryan Blaney and Eric Jones. Yeah, we, we've been talking the last few weeks about how the whole first part of the season, it's been two organizations that have led the, the way yes. in both being uh, JGR, Jogos Racing, and Penske. 
And the fact that all of the drivers in both organizations have won except two, Ryan Blaney and Penske and Eric Jones over at JGR. So my question was, do these two guys need to be scared, worried, or, you know, whatever the case may be about their jobs at this point in the season, being the only two guys in the organization who have not won a race? <laughs> um, I'll start there, and I'll start with Eric. Uh, JGR is negotiating a long-term deal. Con- yeah, contract. Contract extension. extension with Eric. So I don't think there's any question that they want Eric there, and they want him in that 20 car. And as for Ryan Blaney, um, I won't speak for you, Jacob, but my my thought on that is that Ryan Blaney is going to be at Team Penske for a very long time. I don't think there's any job security worry for either of them, though um, I think that there's probably a bit of a more competitive environment over at Toyota than there is right now with Ford in terms of drivers of the pipeline. But I think Eric's safe, and I think Ryan Blaney is extremely safe at Penske. He's yeah. He hasn't won because he hasn't been competitive. He hasn't won because they just haven't gotten there. It took Chase Elliott, what, two years, 99 races? Is that what it was? I think before yeah. he got a win. So, yeah, I don't think anybody's too worried. And Heck Jones no. has already gotten the win at Daytona. So Yeah, I, I, I don't believe there's cause for a lick of concern i mean let's let's be real here this is this is the driver that roger penske handpicked to open a third car absolutely he's not just going to send him away i'm i'm not worried about it at all ryan blaney's going to be just fine in fact i am checking right now the uh the greatest reintegration to racing society ever because for those who didn't know jayski is back it is alive once again and that means the team and driver chart is alive once again so i'm checking to see if we know for sure uh okay before we get too far off the what? ryan blaney eric jones i, w- I was get i was getting there i but was making a point i just want to make sure tom <laughs> understands because he was quick to point oh. out the win at daytona that he doesn't forget that ryan blaney also won the first race at the roval last year yeah well yeah that's right i forgot he's yeah, yeah he's ryan actually... ryan was in the playoffs that's made right. the second round of the playoffs the win, yeah. i'm not worried i forgot about, about that um, thanks chris and blaney signed a multi year deal before uh, at the end of 2017 start of 2018 yeah you would have to anticipate he signed at least through next year yeah I mean I just don't I don't see either one of these two having uh, any issues anytime soon Um, I I mean I think there is going to be an issue with JGR when eventually Christopher Bell is ready to come to cup which I would guess would probably be next year there's they're going to have to figure out something over there but I don't see um, either Ryan or Eric Jones having any worries of being out of the car uh, anytime soon. In fact, I would go so far as to say that I think both of them will win races this season and be in the playoffs once again. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just don't I don't see that as being an issue, but it's a it's a really interesting question. There are probably some other drivers that I could think of that might be in a little bit more trouble um, a more serious situation, and we can talk about some of those later on in the program. We're going to step aside when we come back. More discussion, more of the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsports safety. Stay tuned because Dylan Bassett's coming up soon as well. 
Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, post it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in, you need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. Everyone knows Strutmasters is the suspension experts for luxury vehicles, and now we offer motorcycle products. Introducing Easy Rider, complete motorcycle air suspension brought to you by Strutmasters.com. You can raise and lower your bike with the flip of a switch. Take those long rides with the ultimate comfort of Easy Rider air shocks. They're backed by Strutmasters, and you won't believe the low price. Check out Easy Rider motorcycle air suspension at Strutmasters.com. I'm Kaz Grawl, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Kaz Grawl, alias Mr. Hot Scream. Holla. Hot Scream. We all scream for Hot Scream ice cream or something like that. Uh, that's, uh, I, I think that's probably my favorite new sponsor of the year. I don't know that I would be able to to... Uh, handle that particular flavor because I'm not big on spice, but I would certainly give it a try. And I think it's one heck of an idea. So love seeing Kaz in that car. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, leaders in motorsport safety, Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman. On the other side of the wall are Randy Miller and Chris Murdoch handling the production duties and Randy also uh, jumping in here and there. Actually, Chris has jumped in a time or two tonight, too, which Indeed. that's good. We like that. Um, 
Okay, so we haven't really focused too much on Richmond. The good news for a lot of people was that Kyle Busch didn't win. The bad news for a lot of people was that Toyota still won. There's still a lot of fans that are all into the Toyota doesn't belong in NASCAR. I don't agree with it, but of course, you know, that's what we get. Those people are stupid. Well, there's, you know, it's the brand loyalty. We need that. We need that sort of, uh, that, that sort of enthusiasm though. You know, I, I hate to tell them that there's more American parts and Toyota's made in America than there are of some of the other brands probably, but at any rate, uh, definitely a great shot um, for Martin Truex, who finally, after 80 short track races, gets a win on a short track to which a couple of folks and I went not around and round, but had a discussion about can a three-quarter mile track be considered a short track? Well, anything in NASCAR world, anything under a mile. So congratulations to Martin Truex, who had to earn every bit of that because, boy, he had a couple of uh, real hot rods on the last couple of laps that were chasing him down. Let's be clear. It's not just NASCAR's description that's anything under one mile in length is a short track. It's widely accepted across the globe that anything under one mile in length is considered a short track, even some of the tracks over overseas well, in you, England I don't disagree with that. I was just pointing out that there were there was an interesting discussion that happened the other day about that. And, you know, finally one of the gentlemen is uh, a little older than me, and I said, you know, Back when we were younger, there I don't think there were any three-quarter mile tracks, so um, I don't think we had to worry too much about it, but I would still consider a three-quarter mile track a short track. At any rate, NASCAR does, and Richmond, I thought both races this weekend were really, really good. Oh, what gosh, say you? Yes. I, I say it's wonderful to go back to Martin Truex for just a second. Yeah, we'll stick to Cup. For One time. for 81 sounds a whole lot better than 0 for 80, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Well, and look. And it, it's been so long coming. My goodness. I, I mean, Truex dominated Richmond like the last two years and just couldn't seal the deal. I keep trying to explain to people how hard it is to win a NASCAR Cup race. And, you know, it's not because, I mean, you have 15 to 20 drivers a week that can win these things. And honestly, I feel like Martin Truex is a driver. How many times have we seen him on short tracks be in position to win and something happens and he ends up not winning? Right. And it's it's not because he doesn't know how to drive short tracks for crying out loud. It's his background. Right. I mean... You know, but that's how hard he, it is to do this yes, in Cup. and I was going to say, as he noted at Martinsville, it's just more difficult when you get to this level. Exactly. I mean, how long has it been since Jimmy Johnson's won a race? And not all of it, I, I would venture to say, is just because of equipment. Some of it is the fact that even when you're running pretty well, it's just hard to win at that level. Exactly. So um, Martin th- did everything. This was big. Right. This yes, time. he did. This was big. And I think it exercised... <laughs> I'm going to use this phrase, and then I'm going to reuse it in a minute. I think this exercised a few demons from last fall at yeah, Martinsville for, sure. for Truex, considering the guy he beat coming out of turns three and four on the final lap is the guy who roughed him up to go to Homestead and ultimately win the championship. So here's my way. question. We'll, sh- we'll shoot this around the table. Do you think that Joey Logano avoided the bump and run, or do you feel like he just didn't really have the opportunity? Both. I think it was. I think it was a little bit of both. Classic I, politics. 
I no, I'm Pick being on, no, I'm being honest about the situation. The way he can the as soon as Truex went to the bottom, I believe that Joey knew there was no way he w- with his car performing where it was on the racetrack, he knew there was no way he was going to be able to get the run he needed if he had committed to the bottom. I don't think that car had the speed on the bottom to be able to do what Truex's did, so he went high and tried to diamond the corner like we saw. But even if he had been able to get close enough, I don't think he would have made the same move twice because, quite frankly, I don't think Joey Logano would have wanted to poke that bear again. Randy? Even- no, I was, I was actually going to say the same thing. I, I don't, you know, you know, kind of a fool me once type of thing with him. If you do something to me once, you know, it's one thing. But the second time you do it, he probably wouldn't live to see tomorrow. Um, so <laughs> I, if, if wow. I was Joey, I probably would. You know what? I'm, I'm going to let this one go because, you know, it's he's in a different situation now. He's got friends in higher places. So he's got a lot more buddies now than he had before. Well, so, I mean, my take on it is that I didn't think I agree with half of what Jacob said. I think he was sort of out of position. I think if he'd had another lap and could have put the car where he wanted it to. Right. Maybe. I'm not so sure it was as much, I don't want to go there again. I just don't think he had the opportunity. What's interesting is I saw some conversation again on social media about, you know, it's disappointing that he didn't take the shot. And people say, some people were saying, it seems like now it's not fashionable to take the bump and run shot. And I was thinking to myself, Gosh, about six months ago, we we were in Martinsville, and he took the shot, and everybody complained. Now there's people complaining because he didn't, which was really the the irony for me, and it was some of the same people, actually, uh, in both cases. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, um, it's just uh, the, the typical NASCAR fan flip-flop that they, they play, depending on the situation. But um, I just thought he was out of position. I think if he could have been in the right spot and had the car where he wanted it, but he needed another lap is, is what I, what I thought. I think, I think if he'd had another lap, maybe he might've done that. But the other thing that comes to mind too, is like you said, he's already in the playoffs. So, you know, it's sort of one of those situations. Okay. Now Martin wins, he's in, but I guarantee you, Joey does not want uh, any more of his competitors in the playoffs than he has to have. So I would think that if he had a shot, he would have taken it. I just don't think he felt like he was there. Um, but what a finish that was, guys. I mean, to have Joey and, you know, you've got Harvick there. I mean, you had four guys basically all chasing each other at the end of that race. I'm not sure what what's missing here, what's not to like. I thought I have thought... The last two NASCAR races have both been really, really good races and uh, obviously great finishes for both as well. Yeah, no, it really has been. And I, I, I get that some of the diehard short track fans want the you know, bump and run roughhousing style of short track racing back. But let me be clear on something. That's not that is not the era that we race in now in 2019. And quite frankly, I'm loving this two, three, and in Richmond's case, at one point during the, the two four days one. four wide racing that we saw over the weekend. I thought it was tremendous. Uh, 
passing was down in the cup race, yep. and that did bother me somewhat. But the Xfinity race, I thought, was particularly tremendous. It had a run right down to the checkered flag where up until the final laps, you didn't 100% know how that was all going to shake out. Uh, so, in, in, I can't believe I'm saying this, but in my in, in my world, the Xfinity race actually trumped the cup race in terms of, of enjoyment uh, and, and entertainment for me. Um, but it was all very good. This is why I love the short track part of the season, because I can actually sit and watch and be entertained yes, for an entire race instead of having a middle stint go, yeah. wake me up when it's over. <laughs> I agree. No, I, I think I think the last couple of weeks have been great, and I love the Xfinity series when there's no cup guys in it. Um, the Dash for Cash races are always more enjoyable, and they always seem to be more action-packed as well, more passing and such. I think um, there's some real stories in the Xfinity series this year. We've talked about some of them. Ryan Sieg, for one. Again, Ross Chastain. I mean, you've got some drivers in that series that have really stepped up their game. You see Jeffrey Earnhardt, when he's been on the track and running, he's done well. I mean, I, I think that it's it's interesting to watch What's going on? Um, you know, Noah Gregson had a pretty good run. Zane Smith at Bristol was very impressive. And, you know, so I, I, it's good that we get to talk about some of these other drivers instead of just talking about whichever cup guy won the race right. and sort of stole all the spotlight. Well, I'll tell but, you what, Ryan Sieg, quite frankly, stole all of the spotlight just by virtue of what he did on the racetrack. Yeah. He was, I mean, he was toe-to-toe as high as fourth. Yep at one point in that race and that 39 team has quickly be, has quickly turned themselves into a pretty handy little dark horse contender i feel like at just about every racetrack we go to they've proven they can do it on the short tracks they've proven they can do it on the mile and a half tracks they've obviously proven that they've been a force for years on the super speedway yep. side i mean i would go so far to say when we come back to some of the standalones later this year i i know we're in the midst of the dash for cash right now but i go so far to say when we come back to the dash or the the standalone stuff in the summer when we don't have cup guys and can't have cup guys because they're off running somewhere else keep an eye on ryan sieg to try and you know maybe steal a victory if everything comes down right i mean he's got that sh- would be he's amazing. got childress cars and ecr engines if that's not enough to get you close to victory lane it's no different than the stuff tyler reddick's got right now and look what he's doing well i definitely agree and kaz Grala had a good piece too uh for the last event that he runs for just a bit just a bit with uh Richard Childress Racing, I expect we'll see him back in that car again here as we go down the road. We will step aside. When we come back, we will talk with another young driver who had himself a fine run at Richmond in his debut in the Xfinity Series. Dylan Bassett joins us right around the turn. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport. We will be right back. Media sales professionals with agency experience. If you're frustrated with your current position, unrealistic quotas, and inept management, If you're a sales machine and you simply will not take no as an acceptable reply. If you're looking for a rapidly growing company with unlimited sales potential for commissions in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you're searching for a high-tech, forward-looking, laid-back, but extremely professional organization who appreciate your skills and dedication, we have your next opportunity. 
Scorpion Radio Group is building a sales team of self-starters who are motivated. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444 or email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. That's 717-749-0444 and ask for Sue. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication. But it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math or science person. No excuses. No problem. It's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Helping people start an IT career is their thing. If you don't absolutely love what you do, go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an information technology professional in as little as four months. Attend classes on campus or live online just two or three times a week to get what you'll need to start your new career. More than just a school, My Computer Career helps you get into the industry by working with hundreds of employers that hire their students. My Computer Career is nationally accredited. Financial aid is available for those who qualify, including the GI Bill. Classes start soon, so go take the career evaluation now at mycomputercareer.edu. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Dylan Bassett, and you're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. You see what I did there? I oh, see look. what you did there, Randy. Randy's good at taking hints. Yeah, Randy, uh, yeah. Randy Miller on the uh, the win there. On uh, just an ugly face. Dylan Bassett bringing himself back <laughs> to the stock car show as we do have him on the phone now and. Uh, Justin Sullivan in our chat on Facebook saying, RIP the bump and run. Uh, I don't think so, Justin. Don't bet on it. No, in fact, I know one driver who, if he was going for the win on the last lap in an Xfinity race, probably wouldn't hesitate for half a second to do a bump and run because <laughs> I've seen him do it before. Welcome to the show, Dylan Bassett. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you having me on tonight. Am I right or wrong about you doing You're a bump and run to win? Right. <laughs> uh-huh. Absolutely right. Yeah, I've watched you race for a number of years. I know how that works. Uh, so, uh, again, welcome back to the show. It's great to have you back. And I have to tell you, when we found out that your brother was running an Xfinity for the first time, we were really excited. We had no idea that uh, you were going to strap in as part of the package, so to speak, um, until he told us live on the air, um, man, congratulations on getting a, a shot in the Xfinity series and congratulations on making good on it with a really nice 15th place finish. Talk about that a little bit. Thank you. I appreciate it. First off. And 
Yeah, the guys back at the shop, um, they've been working their tails off all winter long. Um, you know, we kind of kept it a secret. Just until we got all the pieces in the right places, you know, uh, there's a lot of things that happened in between uh, the off season and up to now. And uh, just to be able to go and compete in the Xfinity Series, you know, that's a huge blessing. And, um, you know, we're just trying to make the most of it um, with the small team that we got. Um, and we're just trying to show up every weekend with the best cars that we can uh, bring to the track. And so far, we've been to the racetrack three times. And uh, we've brought three really fast race cars. We had none unfortunate incident at phoenix which uh made ronnie end up having to do a start and park deal but texas and now richmond i mean we brought really good race cars to the racetrack and i just can't thank the guys back at the shop enough um there was one point in the race that we ran 14 straight laps the fastest car on the racetrack and wow for the being the car the first time ever you know that's pretty remarkable and that says more than just about me you know that says a lot about the people that are calling the shots behind the scene. Well, you're very humble, but uh, the fact of the matter, Jacob, is yeah. Dylan's always had an oversized right boot. <laughs> oh, oh no, we <laughs> we certainly know that now. And I think what I'm what I'm most curious about, just kind of to to start this off, Dylan, is to to ask this. I mean, was, was this in the plans for you even before? your brother jumped in for the first time at Phoenix or was this, is this something that came later just with the way, with how methodical you guys have been about this. I, I have a hard time believing that this came together quickly. I, 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 I'm curious kind of the timeline for all this for, for you to get your shot. Um, honestly, we, um, we plant, when we went to Dover, we had planned on running the K&N, uh, series this year but then they brought forth on what they're doing in 2020 with the combination of the K&N and the ARCA and how they're going to change the series around. And from a financial standpoint, it just didn't quite make sense for us to go that route um, because you're – we don't want to – I hate to say it like this, but you don't want to step back once you're already in a position. Right. And to move forward, you are going to have to run a certain amount of Canon East races, which is going to be like eight or so races. And then they're going to have the elite division or whatever they're going to call it. And you're going to have to have a pit crew and you're going to do live stops and you're going to be spending all this money where we weren't already. So if we're going to go ahead and do that, we felt like we should try to look into moving up. And we kind of looked past the trucks because of the body deal and things, certain things like that. And with the Xfinity cars going to that flange fit body, you know, it, it, you can almost make sense in doing it. And uh, we, me, my dad, and my brother, you know, we spent multiple weeks and months um, discussing our options. And uh, we just, we wrote everything out on paper and we talked about it. We said this, and we said that. And then, you know, the Xfinity stuff just kind of, we made it make sense. And then... We talked about it some more, even though we made sense out of it. And because then we still had to get cars, we had to sell cars. And that was a big help for us. We were able to sell a lot of our K&N stuff to pay up front for our new stuff that was coming in. So that was a big help. And uh, then once we started getting cars, um, we started pulling the schedule up. And we talked to Mario Goslin, and we ended up, making a deal out with him to where we could partner with him. We could run his number, and that's just extra resources coming in, and we're able to help him. He's able to help us, and it's all around a good situation. 
And then, like I said, we started looking at the schedule, and Ronnie had run Phoenix. So my dad was like, you know, that'd be a good place for him to start, um, a place that he's been. He had some success in in the K&N car. So we put him in the car for Phoenix, and then uh, we knew Richmond was not far behind. So we decided, uh, since I've ran Richmond, um, set on the pole there in the Denny Hamlin short track showdown, finished second in the K&N car there, that it would be a wise uh, track to start me out on and it all worked out so far can you explain how the dots connected between your family and mario goslin to kind of bring that partnership about because it, i i if i'm not mistaken you're pretty much doing the maintenance on that car up in winston-salem right um talk a little bit more specifically about how that whole thing has come together oh it's kind of crazy because, like I said, Mario, he actually lives and works out of Florida. And, yes, we own our own race cars, um, and we work on them here in Winston. Um, it kind of just came together. You know, my dad was talking to some of the NASCAR people, um, just trying to see what we needed to do to get prepared to make this step. And they actually suggested, you know, partnering with somebody was a smart move. Because if we show up to the racetrack, just like this weekend, and my dad's the owner, we have zero points. Right. And considering we're not running all the races, you know, we're not going to have many points to our number. And, like, for instance, qualifying was rained out, we would have went home. So they strongly suggested that um, we partner with somebody, and a name that kept getting thrown out was Mario Goslin. Um, everybody that talks about him speaks very high of him. Um, and he, we went and met with him down in Florida, and we were absolutely happy with what he had to say. Um and what he wanted to do, and he was pretty thrilled about what we were looking at doing, and uh, it just kind of fell together pretty good. But uh, we do all the work on our cars here, and like I said, we exchange notes back and forth over the telephone and stuff like that. You know, we're we're teammates, so what we do, we share with him, and what he does, he shares with us. So we don't really hide anything in that aspect, but and we do work together even though we are not in the same shop. Dylan, what's been your experience as far as the differences between you know, either the late models or the K&N cars like you've driven the last couple of years to what you experienced on Friday night at Richmond with the Xfinity car for the first time? The biggest difference I noticed was the cars are a whole lot boxier. They're not necessarily bigger, but they are a lot like boxier. And the weight difference, you know, it took me a few laps to get used to the weight. The horsepower wasn't really that bad of a change. Um, I kind of got it pretty quick. Um, but, I mean, I did run my fastest lap in practice, five laps into practice. So I, I got it pretty quick. Um, just learning the weight was the biggest thing for me. And how, how big a shot in the arm is this? I mean, 15th in your debut is one thing, but 15th in your debut at Richmond, which is not an easy track, against the kind of field that you raced against on Saturday night had to be pretty huge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it definitely boosts your confidence, um, especially when we had a car that was more than capable of finishing 15th. Um, you know, I had a lot of people come over the phone and tell me, like, man, you should done, you could have done better, but that's awesome. You did a good job, man. And I appreciate it, um, but we are we're looking at the big picture here. We know we've got to finish races to get better, and fifteenth uh, is huge. But now we're we're already looking forward to the next race, and you know we're trying to 
better 15th. You know, that's just how we are. We're just racers, and we're just trying to make the best of the opportunity that we can. Going forward, do you know what your next race in the car is going to be yet? Uh, not yet. Um, we're either looking at Dover or Charlotte. Um, it just really depends on the approval stages. You know, I don't know if NASCAR has approved me for Charlotte yet. If not, then I'll have to run Dover. I think it's like May 4th or 5th. And then try to hit Charlotte. I was going to say, if you had to run Dover, would you still run Charlotte? Because obviously there are two of you in one seat. So how does that how does that all work? Do you all just draw straws or rock, paper, scissors? I mean, how is, how is that going to work going forward? Because both of you, as far as I'm concerned, have proven that you belong at that level. Well, right now it's more of trying to get approved for what we need to do. Um, Ronnie had already ran a mile and a half at Texas, so he's already approved for more than that. And right now, you know, I still have to run a mile and a half to get approved for that. And then afterwards, I'm not really sure. I think it's just more of a he goes, I go type of situation until we uh, accumulate some more parts and pieces. And then hopefully, you know, we can show up with both of us racing at the same time. For you, what what was what was this weekend like, Dylan, um, in in terms of just finally being being able to take that step onto the national stage, I know it's been something you've been looking at for a long time. You know, at, at leading up to the event, you know, I was too excited to really put it together on what was really happening. You know, I was focused on getting the car ready, sure, um, focusing on what I need to do. But now that the event's actually over, we realized how good of an event we actually had. And I was actually scrolling through my Instagram, um, I think it was yesterday, and I actually came up on a post um, saying that how I wanted to make it. And just to say that I ran an Xfinity race, even if I don't run another one again, I can say that I accomplished something that I've lived up to since I was eight years old. Well, not only did you accomplish running the race, you also accomplished doing very well yes. in the race and very respectable 15th place showing. Absolutely. So, d- d- don't send him off yet. I've no, got- no. I've got some more questions, too. <laughs> but, but we do need to go to <laughs> yes, break. Yes, we do. Uh, more with Dylan Bassett uh, right around the turn as we continue with the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport. Be right back. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels 
new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. This is Jeff Gordon. You don't have to be a NASCAR driver to be someone's hero. You can be a hero when you volunteer to become a marrow or blood stem cell donor for someone that has a life-threatening blood disease. The National Marrow Donor Program needs donors like you so that more people can receive transplants. You could save a life and become a hero. Learn more at www.marrow.org or by calling 1-800-M-A-R-R-O-W-2. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm Cole Custer, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Well, that young man right there is about uh, oh, yes. hundred thousand dollars richer. After yes, absolutely. Friday night. I don't know uh, whether he plans to go to Disney World or not, yeah. but uh, he probably could and have a he great just, old he, time. He with just that. no, he just got a house. He's got oh, he's got bills to pay. Yeah, there, he's so. got bills then, and. Uh, Speaking of bills, we have a dill on the phone with us. Okay, we'll that back. Was, Dylan that, that Bassett. Was just really it was bad, bad, but that's what you expect from me on this yeah, show. Yeah, it is. Welcome back, it Dylan is. Bassett. We have uh, enjoyed talking to you here. We want to. We have a few more questions that uh, we'd like to fire at you before yes. we let you go. I'm going to uh, let uh, I, my compadre Jacob go first. I was going to say I know I have at least one, and I'm curious. Uh, curious the thoughts here because I, I I just find it appropriate that you've got. A family like the Bassett, who we've known for years as a blue-collar family, with another blue-collar teammate in somebody like uh, like Josh Williams with that Xfinity program. I mean, it, you, I believe you raced against Josh at one time or another back, I don't remember if it was in Bandoleros or, or sometime down the line, Dylan. But what, what, what has that been like to be able to have somebody like Josh who's kind of scratched and clawed the same way you and your brother have as, as a I guess, quasi-teammate, for lack of a better word. You know, it's been pretty good. We actually did race with him a little bit in the Bandolero cars, and to see that he made it uh, pretty much the same way that we have, you know, he doesn't really have the money behind him just like us. And a big that's a huge shout-out to Mario again, um, giving him the opportunity to live out his dreams. I mean, he works uh, for what he's got, and same as us. And, you know, to have the same type of background, you know, that kind of helps 
with uh, the racing aspect of it because, you know, both of us and even Ronnie, you know, every time we get in the race car, um, we're doing the best that we can to try to make a name for ourselves, but we also know that, hey, man, we're like, we can't go out here and destroy this thing because we gotta, if we want to race next week, we got to have a car. But also, I mean, just our driving styles, you know, it's, it's kind of similar, so it's awesome to have him as a teammate. Going forward uh, here, I know you said you don't have, you know, for sure the schedule planned out, but, you know, what, what what's the goals beyond this weekend because, or this past weekend, I should say now, because I imagine 15th is probably a little bit better maybe than what you guys expected for the debut. Does that raise the bar at all, or are you just focused on finishes and keeping the car clean for a little while? It definitely raises the bar, but... Then again, we know as a smaller team, we don't have the ECR motors. We don't have the Gibbs motors. So we know when we go to the mile-and-a-half, the two-mile track, you know, we're going to level out to a certain spot. But we know when we show up to the short tracks, like, hey, they better be ready because we're going to be ready. Um, We don't necessarily think that we're going to go out there and win every race, but you better not believe we ain't going to go try. Um, We got a hard hard working group behind us, and I know me and Ronnie both are – ready to you know we're gonna try every time we show up we're gonna try and they better be ready for that you know what uh that's been your mantra as a family for as long as i can remember going all the way back to the bandolero days we may not win every race but we're sure gonna try and that's uh that's pretty cool i would like to know from you what was the one thing that surprised you the most about the whole experience of running your first Xfinity race? The biggest surprise to me is how the cars drove. (laughs) Believe it or not, that sounds so weird, but it's one of the easiest cars I've driven. I shouldn't say easy because it's hard in itself. But the way that they drive, you know, being able to sit on bump stops, we haven't been able to do in any other thing that we've driven, a certain type of bump stop, you know, having that feel for the first time and then even like a skew standpoint, you know, those things are hard to get a hold of. Um, you know, it took me a few laps to realize what the car was doing just because it was a completely different feel than I've ever felt before. Um, luckily I felt like I got it pretty quick, but just trying to learn the car was, I mean, it was kind of cool. I find that really, um, fun to do is learn something new. Um, thankfully I was at a track that I knew a little bit about, so I kind of knew what I needed to feel, but learning the car was really fun to me because, you know, sometimes you get in a spot to where you drive the same car over and over and you know, you're trying to do all this and racing's fun in itself. I ain't trying to say that, but you, you know, you kind of get numb to certain feels Sure. and to sit in something new, it was just really exciting to me, just learning something over. So we're going to get ready to to send you on your way, Dylan, specifically because I know you've got uh, something coming up here in a couple minutes, but I actually want you to make mention of that before before our traditional uh, space where you say thank you to everybody that makes it possible because you've got a basketball tournament coming up here (laughs) in about 24 minutes. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> so, how did the, I? I was joking with you earlier uh, to 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 not pull a Denny Hamlin and get hurt, but but how did how did that come about? Was it just a, a, a staying in shape thing, you know, away from the race car, or just something you enjoyed? Well, um, all through high school, I played basketball. Um, it was just something that I really enjoy, and um, I you know I still play every now and again, just just because I like the sport. And then um, here I saw a league come up, come available, and I know a guy that is playing in it, and he's like, hey, man, I really want you to come out here and play. And I was like, man, I don't, I don't really know. I ain't picked up a basketball in a while. And he's like, dude, you're fine. Just come out here and play. <laughs> um, so I started practicing about every Monday and uh, got back in a little bit of a rhythm. I was like, all right, man, I'm ready to go. Let's go. Let's go win this thing. <laughs> so, yeah. Spark plug returns. <laughs> That's that's basically what that is. The spark plug returns. Okay, so who uh, who helps make all this happen for you, Dylan? Uh, you and Ronnie both. I know there's a list. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's my parents. Um, without them, you know, none of this is possible. Um, we still don't have any sponsors that are bringing in any money. So without their support, um, we wouldn't be here. But uh, thankfully, we did have a little bit of support this weekend at Richmond and Superior Trailer. Um, they came on board, and thankfully we gave them a little bit of TV time. Um, but I thank them for all their help. And just all the guys back at the shop, uh, Nathan, Kennedy, uh, Skip, uh, Code, and Brandon, you know, they worked their tails off just to get us to the racetrack and give us the opportunity to do what we love. Well, Dylan, uh, congratulations on a really, really smooth run for your first time in the car at Richmond. We're proud of you and uh, definitely excited about the future and what you guys can do the rest of the season. Good luck in the basketball game, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. We gotta get that, get you and uh, Big Brother down here in the studio to sign the Wall of Fame here. Sounds awesome. I hope I get another opportunity to talk to you guys again. All right, that's Dylan Bassett, and uh, we appreciate him taking some time out of his evening. And you know, it's a really interesting situation, Jacob, with with those two brothers because you heard Dylan mention the K&N stuff they've been running K&N Pro Series East for the last couple of years mm-hmm. and actually um started with their own cars and then when H Scott Motorsports went out they bought um a number of those cars and kind of elevated the game and but now with the changeover and all of the new plans for K&N and Arca to combine and yeah. all of that out of that comes an opportunity to actually move up to the Xfinity Series. And boy, Ronnie and Dylan have both made the most of that. Absolutely. And you know, I was glad that Dylan got into some of the reason. I had heard some of it behind the scenes, the the, the reasoning why they made the decision they made. But I, I was glad that he took the time to really explain some of that in a little bit more detail. Yeah. Because I... I think it's something that's going to need to be addressed and going to get addressed more and more going forward here. I mean, with the uncertain future of what the K&M Pro Series looks like beyond uh, beyond this season, um, with the merger happening in 2020 yep. and, and everything else that's, that's going on there, you know, we've already seen teams like Bill McAnally Racing take steps to potentially put themselves in a better place on the national stage going forward. It's and in the terms of the Bassett, it's just a cool deal to see you know see them turn a potentially negative situation yeah. into a very positive leap for both of them. And you know, 
it's been a really positive thing. I feel like for DGM Racing too, in terms of oh, know, absolutely, Mario, you know the fact it it just keeps the momentum that Mario's had going. I mean, Josh, fourteenth at uh, at Texas, Ronnie was fifteenth at Texas, Dylan now fifteenth at Richmond. Yep. I mean, this is a team that is climbing and clawing towards the possibility of being a top ten team later in this year, and I think that's huge. Well, I agree, and you need teams like this to be able to be successful enough to not just keep existing, but also to grow. And this is a good example, Mario Goslin's team of uh, a partnership that made sense for everybody. And boy, the, the Bassett brothers have definitely made the most of it. And we're very excited for them and for Mario as well, because again, you need, you need Mario Goslin type organizations in the Xfinity series of it's to continue to uh, survive and thrive. And with that, we'll step aside when we come back. Much more of the Stock Car Show. We're actually going to deviate and talk some IndyCar before we're done as well. Yes. Because yes, we some will. things happened. Some things happened. But you know what I have on the other side of this break? What? What? Breaking news. Uh-oh. Let's, let's hurry up, get through the break so we can get back and hear it. We'll be back with more right after this. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. For the people in our military, it's a time of sacrifice and duty. That's why all four military aid societies have joined together to form the Armed Forces Relief Trust to help military families cope with financial and medical emergencies at home. With so many serving overseas, the need is greater than ever. You can learn more and donate at www.afrtrust.org. A message from the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Attention men under the age of 35. You know what really impresses the ladies? When a guy has a few drinks and later gets pulled over for buzz driving. That could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. There goes let's grab dinner and a movie. Oh, I know. You drive more carefully when you're buzzed. You've proven that hundreds of times. A woman admires that kind of confidence. And you've practiced how to speak if a cop does pull you over. Slowly, clearly, and politely like, good evening, officer. A woman admires that kind of foresight. And what woman doesn't find it adorable that you call it buzzed even though the law calls it drunk? You could kiss $10,000 goodbye, along with any chance of having a girlfriend. Because nothing says, I'm a catch, more than a guy who lives in his parents' basement and calls it my place. Buzzed, busted, and broke. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, 
also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. Hey, this is Garrett Smithley, driver of the number nothing Chevrolet for JD Motorsports, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web, I promise, at hmsmotorsport.com. And, of course, we, uh, every once in a while... We like to deviate from the stock car show format and talk IndyCar. But before we do that, yes, Jacob has some breaking news. What is it? <laughs> to the delight of short track fans across the southeastern United States, the former Lanier National Speedway is back from the dead. Very nice. The Pro All-Star Series will host its national championship finale at the newly named Lanier Raceplex, which has been used as a drifting course the last couple years. Oh, my. In mid-November this season. Okay. That's huge. That is huge, that's, actually. That's really, 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 really huge. Wow. The only bad part for me is it's Homestead weekend, so I'm going to be in Miami while late models are racing at Lanier for the first time in more than a decade. Well, and for those not familiar with Lanier, it is a really racy track. I mean, this is a track that is one of the nicer facilities in the southeast, and there are a couple of those tracks in Georgia that just sort of went away and stopped running races for... Um, for no reason that uh, I would consider to be good, um, it just sort of stopped. And, yeah. you know, they, they kind of lost asphalt circle track racing big car-wise in Georgia for a little while. It's good to see that Pass is going to go back there because, one, that's going to be somewhat of a neutral track for a lot of these guys because they haven't run there in a while. Um, 2007. Yeah, and two, I think it makes for a great place to decide a championship, and it'll be you know five or six degrees warmer down there most likely than it will here at that yeah. t- time of the season. So um, that's yeah. great. That's uh, that's definitely some breaking news, and um, we'll talk about another pass race that's coming up this coming weekend. Yes, uh, a little later on in the program, the Easter Bunny One Hundred and Fifty is one of my favorite races, and that'll be. Uh, going on at Hickory. We'll talk about that in a moment, but want to get to uh, some Xfinity conversation before we deviate to IndyCar here. Cole Custer goes out, wins himself 100,000, but I'm going to tell you what, that wasn't an automatic. I was really impressed with Austin Sindrick and the drive that he put on in that 22. I feel like he, again, much like we were saying with Blaney earlier, I mean, yeah, he won the Roval, but Hasn't been able to win an oval track race, and he's been this close in that 12 car in the Cup Series. Um, yes, he has. And so now uh, we have, I feel like, the same thing with Austin Sindrick in the 22 car in the Xfinity Series. He's been close. 
and he's been in positions to win. And boy, I thought for everything you would have asked me, I thought that uh, it was going to be his night on Friday night, but Cole Custer just blew right by him. Cole Custer had the dominant car in that race. He was on fire. To be fair, this is a race that should never in its wildest dreams have gotten to lap 250. It didn't have a prayer when they took the green flag at just after 7 o'clock. We all looked at the radar and, and laughed and said, nope, sorry, we'll be lucky if we get to halfway. But you know something? That retiring guy seems to know a thing or two about this vortex theory. <laughs> and, a- and after Friday night, I'm, in t- I'm honestly uh, inclined to believe DW's vortex theory because <laughs> no more did we take the checkered flag than it started pouring. pouring. Yeah. Well, didn't the same thing happen um, Saturday night in the no. cup race? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. no. We were good Saturday night. I thought, uh, I thought it started raining at some point after the cup race Saturday night, too, somebody had said. But, um, yeah, really interesting situation there. And, and you know what? It does seem like more often than not, you can be at a track, and once the the feature starts, it's it holds off until the end. I can remember more than once sitting at tracks and seeing it raining off to one side of the track. Yes, actually, last year I think at Charlotte's dirt track, one of the sprint car races, we had that scenario. It was raining over off turns one and two, I think, but it never hit the racetrack until <laughs> after the race was over. So. Yeah, really interesting, uh, of course, weather, a factor all weekend here. Yeah. Southeast, we're all hiding in our bathrooms or wherever closets last night thinking we had a tornado coming that never materialized. Well, at least not in our area. But they had some bad stuff I was going to say, my area, area, some of the straight line winds were almost sounded as bad as if a tornado had come through. There was was a lot of debris uh, and, and in my neck, my neck of the woods, about 30, 40 minutes yeah. away from, from where we are in the studio. Just, you know, thankful, of course, that it wasn't any worse than, than what it was. For but, sure. uh, no, uh, on, on the Richmond side of things, uh, <laughs> Cole Custer, much like the winds last night, uh, basically blew everybody away. Okay, so here's my next roundtable question. Yes, by all means. Is Cole Custer ready for Cup Series competition in 2019? And if so... Where, 2019. Uh, sorry, 2020. And if so, where do he go, Mr. Jacob? Well, my gut answer to the first part of your question is show me a championship. Then I'll tell you you're ready to move up. Cole has to learn a little bit more, and I feel like these two early season wins this year are a step in the right direction. But Cole's got to learn the art of closing the deal out a little bit more, a little bit better, before I'm going to say he's totally ready to step up. I feel like he's starting to finally come into his own this year. Um, and I and I think that's a very good sign. But I, I think he needs to close the deal and win a championship this year or at least come pretty darn close before I say he's ready to step into a cup car. Now, if he does that, where does he go? I doubt it'll be in an SH car, uh, uh, SHR car. There we go. Hey, tongue, untie yourself. Yeah, come back to me here. Um, I doubt it'll be in an SHR car next year if 2020 were the leap point. I would sooner believe there would be a major Stuart Haas technical partnership, much like Cole's previous Cup Series starts with somebody like Rick Ware Racing 
or another smaller team hmm. that would, you know, where SHR would supply the cars and some of the personnel to make that happen for 2020 if Cole were to step up then. Um, go ahead, Randy, and then I'll talk from our chat, and then I'll give my opinion as well. Well, Jacob is pretty spot on. I mean, I, I feel like um, what bothers me the most about drivers a lot of times is that they get into the ARCA series or the K&N series, and then they just catapult themselves up to the higher series yeah. without even attempting to, to run a season in, in trucks or a season in Xfinity. And that bothers me because I feel like you need that experience in order to succeed in Cup. Not always, but most of the time you do. So having him kind of run, not really the ABCs, but kind of run in Xfinity for a couple of years and get his feet wet and really win some races. And like Jacob said, I feel like he needs to win a championship in order to really solidify yourself as being a good Xfinity driver to be able to move up into the into the Cup Series. As far as rides go, I mean, he's in one of those situations kind of where Christopher Bell is, where it's like, you know, he he's getting himself ready to go, but where are you going to go when you get there? There's yeah. no rides right now unless some of these guys – that are getting up in age decide that it's time to move on or if these guys start failing to succeed and people start getting kicked out of rides i.e. like Daniel Suarez did last year yeah it's it's really going to be intriguing um Justin Sullivan from our chat says yes he's ready and send him to Roush there's really not a partnership with Roush unless Ford decides but I don't personally see Cole's not a Ford driver. Cole's a Stuart Haas. Well, that's driver. I was going to say. I don't personally see Cole Custer going anywhere but a Stuart Haas car, or as Jacob brought up and speculated, perhaps a Stuart Haas Racing Technical Alliance kind of partnership car. Um, I believe here's here's in, in my whole thing with this question is to bring up a bigger question because we've heard so much criticism over the years of young people getting the cup too quickly and whatever um i've thought a lot about that the last few weeks and i've i've talked to a lot of people about that i personally don't think that you hold a driver back who's ready for the cup level just because he may not be 20 or 25 or whatever. On the other hand, I think that it's not a bad thing at this point because I understand that part of the problem is we had so many drivers transition out of cup over the last you know, right. five years or so, whatever. Um, it's been sort of a shock. To the fan base, and a lot of these drivers haven't been down long enough yeah, it, it to all build up a fan base before they get to the top level. Right. It all happened so suddenly yeah. there wasn't that time to build a fan base like we've seen in the past with some of these other drivers. So I feel like, uh, and I feel like part of that is, I keep I come back to my belief that we need to keep these cup drivers out of the lower series because when you do that, Cole Custer and Ross Chastain and whoever else, those are the guys we talk about. It helps them to build support and build a fan base. And then when they get to Cup, there's a little more emotional connection to them. Then, you know, if you just blow them right through the trucks and the Xfinity and the Cup, in the Cup um, so quickly. So I don't think it's a bad thing if Cole Custer stays in Xfinity. I personally think he's ready for Cup. If he keeps doing what he's doing for the rest of the year, whether he wins the title or not, but 
<clears throat> I don't think you're going to see him get there unless he's in a Stuart Haas car. And except for maybe Clint Boyer, and I even doubt that at this point, nobody's I, leaving SHR. I, I, I would be shocked if Clint Boyer left after this season. I, was gonna, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have uh, hesitated to throw Boyer's name into the fire, potentially, up until the last couple weeks when he's really started uh, showing that form that he had during the early to middle stages yeah. the last year that propelled him into the playoffs. And I... I <laughs> Yeah, I said I was going to bring the ex- the the, the uh, exercising demons thought back up earlier, and I will real quick as we get set to go to break here. <laughs> Clint Boyer finishing close to a win did not exercise his demons at Richmond. Had he won that race, it might have finally created a memorable moment for Clint besides the one that... Uh, changed the course of NASCAR history, so to speak, in 2013. I was really kind of rooting for Boyer to win that race, but I'm not disappointed that Truex got it. Not at all. And with that, we're going to step aside. I I have another conversation about Clint Boyer to have a little later on in the program, though, or maybe even right around the turn. Actually, let's do Indy around the corner, and then we'll get in the lightning round we'll get into, because I've got got an interesting question that somebody posed on the Internet over the weekend that ended up involving Clint Boyer in a in a rather funny way. So back with more of the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport right after this. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Stay tuned for an urgent public safety message from FEMA. If you're within this station's listing area, it's important for the safety and well-being of your family that you act immediately to obtain local tornado preparedness information. Information about what to do and where to go before, during, and after a tornado can save your life. It's always a good idea to develop a family emergency communication plan. Families should have a plan for getting back together in case they're separated from one another during a disaster. Have everyone agree to call an out-of-town friend or relative and leave a message about where you can be found. For more important safety information, visit the FEMA website at www.fema.gov or contact your local Red Cross. Plan ahead to survive the next tornado and listen to this station for more emergency preparedness information from FEMA. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, 
BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. Hi, I'm Tyler Dippel, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. And we are back and uh, dippling as usual in the studio here. It's uh, Tyler Dipple's been running his big block modified up north in the New York State area while he's been on hiatus from the truck series, which has a bit of a vacation still. Um, so welcome back to the program. We do call it the stock car show, but every now and again, we like to deviate from the stock car aspect and talk about something different this time. We're going to go IndyCar because we had a race at Long Beach yes. over the weekend. And wait, 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 wait. We had a race or we had a massacre? Well, <laughs> we, we had an event at yeah. Long Beach over the weekend, and Alex we, Rossi we, won yeah. by about 24 hours. <laughs> um, okay, it wasn't quite 24, but... It felt like it. It felt like it. Um <sighs> I uh, look. I love IndyCar, and and I understand that. Look, it's it's interesting to me that the the crowd that follows road racing is is a bit of a different mentality than those of us who, you know, grew up with oval tracks. The road racing crowd. I mean, that was they had like eighty four thousand people there or something. It was a huge yes, crowd. The crowd was estimated at just over eighty thousand. Yeah, Sunday, something like that. And which is more than I think can be said for a lot of NASCAR races this year. Well, yes, but what's interesting to me is they show up and they have a good time. And I've come to believe I just don't think it's all about competition and side by side racing. It's more about the event than it is the race. It's like we're I gonna have disagree. a big event. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, we're going to run a race. And if it's any good, great. If it's not, that's okay. We just love watching IndyCars go around. Because I thought that race honestly fell flat for me. And, you know, it was Alex Rossi was in another zip code. But when when you look at a field where the top five are separated by 30 seconds at the end, and Alex won by 20 seconds, it's... It, it it's interesting for me. Um, you know, people are saying, well, you know, road racing is growing. Well, it is, but I don't think that that makes any, I don't think you could tie that back and say, well, NASCAR just needs to do more road racing. Cause I think that the NASCAR fan in general, um, expects more competition and racing and side-by-side yeah. passing. I don't think, I don't think they show up just to watch the cars go around. It was an interesting race for me. Um, but I, I was glad to see Alex get a win. The intru- the really interesting thing for me was at the end of the race, um, look, I love Scott Dixon, but 
in all honesty, Graham Rahal got screwed for Scott Dixon to whine about blocking, okay? And and for IndyCar to actually then agree with Scott Dixon and give license to his whining and basically boot Graham Rahal off the podium so that Dixie Cup can have a third-place finish. Number one, Dixie Cup had way more push to pass but uh, time left than Rahal did. Honestly, I don't okay. understand the whole blocking thing. And IndyCar has set a very bad precedent with that penalty, I think. And see, I disagree because it's no different than any of the prior blocking penalties that I've seen the last few years that IndyCar has assessed in exactly the same way on road and street courses. And Graham Rahal freely admitted that regardless of whether the penalty was assessed or not, he should have lost that position. Graham wasn't whining about it. Did he say he wanted to have a discussion with the stewards about it for going forward? Absolutely. But Graham basically admitted in his post-race interview that he was going to lose the position one way or the other. So as far as I'm concerned, it ended up the way it was going to, and I did see Graham start to make the second move when you look at it from the overhead. So the way the the IndyCar rule is written, it was enforced 100% by the book, and the violence of the first swerve to try and cut Dixon off was a little bit unsettling for me. And listen, I, I, I like watching Graham Ray Hall race, period, end of discussion. I'm not coming at this from a, from a malicious angle at all. I'm just telling it like I see it. But as far as I'm concerned, it was assessed the way it needed to be. And at the end of the day, it is what it is. We move on. It's not, you know, it's one, it, it's one spot and... If Graham Rahal comes back and loses the championship by three points, then maybe we can revisit this discussion. But right now, <laughs> Joseph Newgarden's Joseph Newgarden's got that a lock. Well, you know, I just feel like at this point, IndyCar trying to grow and trying to th- this whole idea blocking for me is I watch blocking every single track I go to. If you have a position, you try not to give it up. You're blocking. We would call it chopping the nose in late models. If you if you chop the nose and you get spun out, well, that's you know bad for you because you chop the nose. But it, the whole thing for me with that is is once again you're making a judgment call that the next time down the road you're going to have another situation and you're going to decide well that wasn't blocking and it's going to look basically the same. Um, you know, I just think for Scott Dixon to whine that badly was very, to me, very demeaning. It's like, look it, just pass him. If you can't pass him, you don't deserve the spot. Simple as that. I think Dixon's better than that. And I honestly, that was about the only exciting moment in that entire race. Can I talk about a little history that got made over the weekend in, in terms of that race? Yeah, go ahead. So, number one, Alexander Rossi is the new king of the beach. I, I, I'm calling it right now. Alex Rossi is the new king of the beach because he's the first driver to win consecutive Grand Prix at Long Beach since Sebastian Bourdais won three in a row from 2005 to 2007. It's not easy to win even one race at Long Beach, let alone more than one, let alone consecutively. Number two... That race on Sunday featured the largest margin of victory in an IndyCar race at Long Beach since 1995 
when little Al, Al Unser Jr., beat Scott Pruitt by some 25 seconds yeah. and change, I believe. And we all know about little Al in Long Beach. Little Al is the true king of the beach. He won six Grand Prix sure at Long Beach, including yes, four in a row. So I, I'm <laughs> Alex is not there yet, but... He keeps running the way he's been running and stays in IndyCar long enough. He could take aim at Al Jr.'s record of six oh, I Long so. Beach victories sure. because yeah. he looks absolutely untouchable at that course. I think the biggest question is whether that course is going to be there long enough. My my biggest fears were when Robin Miller was talking about after the race on Sunday that they're trying to build some sort – I think it's a soccer stadium or, or something, maybe yeah. a baseball stadium, uh, down and – part of the stadium would be right where the current course is. And that terrifies me because the Grand Prix of Long Beach is one of the most historic auto races in this entire country. It is. It's the second, it's the second longest running IndyCar race behind only the 500 itself. Yeah. And to see that potentially go away, I hope the, I hope the Long Beach City Authority just strikes this stadium crap down dead, make it go away goodbye because... To lose the Long Beach Grand Prix would be an absolute travesty, and I pray it does not happen. See, I I guess I'm different than you in terms of my... I understand that a stadium, a soccer stadium, would be used, you know, much more times and bring in probably much more revenue over the long haul than, you know, the IndyCar Grand Prix at Long Beach does... Um, and I, the whole street course thing for me is specious anyways, because these are courses that generally keep the overall speed of the Indy cars down and it basically smothers them like a pillow because they can't show what makes Indy car racing great. They just kind of drive around single file unless they get aggressive like Graham Ray Hall did. And then Indy car wants to penalize that. So you can't really do any racing on most of these courses because there's just no passing room. So I understand they're huge events. I guess I would hope they would keep it because I understand it is a part of history and I hope it keeps going. But um, I honestly would rather see them, if if that's going to go away, for goodness sake, put in another oval. Let's, let's not be doing another street course here because if this is what IndyCar Racing fashions as sort of their demonstration um i'm not seeing a big future in it i think they need more ovals uh and and i think we need to start looking at oval track drivers again for indycar instead of the road to indy which is to me very overpriced and underpromoted for the most part the highlight of the weekend for me off the track there was the announcement that jared andretti will be running the freedom 100 in indianapolis in uh, one of Michael Andretti's cars, Indy Lights cars, yeah, Indy Lights. Um, Thank God for that too, because that you know the the Freedom and the Indy Five Hundred, really the whole month of May is something that John Andretti has always had a connection yes. to, and in fact yep. competed at Indianapolis. So for Jarrett to become the next in the lineage of Andretti's to compete at IMS, I think is personally huge. Jarrett's experience in the midgets and sprint cars, yep. I feel, will will suit will give him 
certainly the skill set that he'll need to hopefully be successful, and he'll have a good bit of practice time in the lights car to be able to get ready for that race. I hope he does extremely well. I believe I'm he very will. very much looking forward to watching. I believe he will, and I, I'm really excited for this, and we continue to wish John well as he uh, continues to battle cancer. We just, yeah. uh, I mean, it's, you know, hashtag cancer sucks. That's about, yes, it uh, does. That's about the best I can say about that. So good luck to Jarrett. And hey, Andy, we hope he does well. When, when we come back for the lightning round here, uh, I, I have a, a full circle thing to bring in and actually want to go all the way back to the start of the show when we were talking about Jimmy Johnson. There's a few connections that he has with the Boston Marathon that I'll admit I didn't realize until I was just reading from the Associated Press that I feel like we ought to mention. All right, we'll talk about that. And I've got an interesting lightning round question involving NASCAR drivers uh, when we come back as well. Stick around. You're listening to the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network and the Race Chaser Media Facebook Live. We'll be right back. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. Getting your child home safely. Tap your views together three times. It's just a click away. There's no place like home. But making sure your child is in the right seat is just one of the steps down the road to safer travels. I don't know how it works. Find the right seat for your little one's age and size. There's no better way to get home safely. Know for sure that your child is in the right seat. How can I ever thank you enough? Get all the facts at safercar.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, the Ad Council. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Hi, I'm Tyler Reddick, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show presented by 
uh, HMS Motorsport, the leaders that, in motorsports. That, that safety. took you a second. <laughs> Brain freeze. It happens more often as I get older. Dear Joe um, Marco. Yeah. <laughs> it almost had to reboot me there. Um, but uh, thanks for the folks at, that, to the folks at HMS Motorsport. That, that, yeah. that, that, I'm trying to push the reboot button. It's not working. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it's probably gone for the rest <laughs> of the night. Anyways, uh, thanks to all the folks at HMS yeah. Motorsport. And also... To the folks at strutmasters.com and uh, mycomputercareer.edu for all of their support of everything we do here at um, Race Chaser Media. And want to talk, this is our lightning round, so we got a couple of things to get through. And I know you want to talk about Jimmy Johnson, but yes. before we get to that, I saw a very funny post over the weekend. I don't know if it was supposed to be funny or somebody was just having a, one of those what if moments um, talking about Alex Trebek and Jeopardy oh, okay. and started thinking I about wait to see where this well, the, the, you know, again, cancer sucks poor yeah. Alex, you know, um, so envisioning the post Trebek Jeopardy era um, at some point, if a NASCAR cup driver were chosen as Alex Trebek's replacement on Jeopardy as the host, who would you choose and why? I'm going to start with Randy because I feel like Jacob's going to hit a zinger. I, I, I don't know what Jacob's thinking, but the first person that came to my mind was Clint Boyer, and I would watch Jeopardy every single day <laughs> if he was hosting. <laughs> <laughs> that Clint Boyer would be wow. interesting. It would be moved to HBO and probably be on late night TV, <laughs> but I would still watch it. All the all the uh, topics would be would beer be, related. It would be P one on my DVR. That's for sure. <laughs> okay, Jacob. All right. Well, stop and consider that you're posing this question to a '90s kid who legitimately cannot fathom a Jeopardy era without Alex Trebek because I've never been alive for Jeopardy without Alex Trebek. Yeah. So that, that's well, a we're not trying to, to rush Alex about. off. Yeah, mind you. It was just don't. one of those funny hypotheticals. Um, see, for me, I'm, I'm a bit more of a purist and because this is how it's always been, I, I does it have to be a current NASCAR driver? I, well, I guess not. I mean, it's just a NASCAR driver. Okay. If a NASCAR driver, who um, would you pick? So Alex Alex has always had this dry humor about him, and he's always had this very matter-of-fact way of how he always hosts. So for in, in my mind, because I'm a purist, I want somebody that kind of embodies some of those characteristics. Yeah. Matt Kenseth would be my Alex Trebek because I feel like, really yeah I, I feel like Matt's humor kind of matches up with the way Alex throws his zingers I think and Matt would be much too shy for he, that no, he's got and Matt just Matt with his his vocal tone I always felt like was a bit soft spoken you know Trebek's always uh, other than when he gets really funny Trebek's always kind of soft spoken for me it just kind of all fits together I see. I was going to say Boyer too, and that's that's what I said in in the uh, in, in the conversation was. Can you imagine Clint Boyer hosting Jeopardy? But then my next thought was, okay, guys, if we could go back in time a little bit, I've got an even funnier answer. Although we may not actually get much of the game in. How about Warren Burton? 
Oh my Picture God. Warren Burton oh hosting God. Jeopardy. You, you'd How have, funny would that you know, be? You'd have to cut the tape five times <laughs> because every, all the contestants would be going, Ward, repeat that? We couldn't understand you. I remember the commercial that he was trying to make for Cat, and he couldn't say skid steer loader. <laughs> um, I mean, that was unbelievably funny. Uh, it was just, I, I thought the question was weird, but then once everybody started going back and forth, you know, you started coming up with some pretty funny answers, and Clint Boyer was right at the top of that. Of course, Tony got mentioned, and I said, well, that would have to now be an HBO show because um, you'd be bleeping every other word, um, <laughs> you know. And But it, it just – things like that are, are just entertaining questions to have a conversation around and, and the what-ifs sort yeah. of thing. Um, certainly a number of uh, drivers – could come to mind depending on how far you want to go back and whatever. I think junior hosting Jeopardy would be entertaining too. Actually. That would be fun. Yeah, that would be that a lot of fun. fun. I okay. Can, I can just picture him trying to say words like Alex Trebek has some, you know, he his vocabulary is very unique and he can say words that nobody else has even heard yeah. of before. And just picturing Clint Boyer trying to pronounce those words and then saying a bunch of cuss words and it's turning it into a drinking game. <laughs> 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 or junior for that matter. I mean, he had zippers. Yeah. Fly job, fly job. <laughs> the company ZipRecruiter came on as a sponsor for <laughs> Junior's podcast, and Junior couldn't even say recruiter. It kept coming out recruiter, oh, ZipRecruiter. And I thought, you know, there's going to be a new hashtag oh, the, the following week, and, and ZipRecruiter is going to start it. It's going to be ZipRecruiter. Uh, so, yeah, oh, that I, I just, again, questions like that are just fun. Yeah. Okay, you oh, want to talk wow. a little bit about Jimmy very quickly. Yeah, I do. Just I want to throw a couple bullet points out there. Okay. Uh, going back to the Boston Marathon, if you didn't uh, catch us right off the top of the show, Jimmy Johnson completing his first attempt sure at did. the Boston Marathon today, three hours, nine minutes, seven seconds. He wanted to do it in under three hours, and he said, uh, told the Associated Press today he realized about seven miles in, it it wasn't happening. <laughs> wasn't going to happen. <laughs> wasn't going to happen. Um, however, bullet points here. Today marked the fastest marathon ever run by a Daytona 500 winner or a NASCAR driver. Michael Waltrip ran Boston in 2000 and finished in four hours, 42 minutes, and 20 seconds. Because he stopped to talk to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> he was doing, You're not wrong. He was doing his grid walk. And Jamie McMurray has actually run two marathons. His personal record was at the Kiowa Island Marathon, three hours, 14 minutes, and six seconds. Jamie never ran Boston, though, but he still did 26.2 in about three and a quarter. So, <laughs> Jimmy and, and Jimmy also lost said, "Yeah, Jimmy also said it's a personal record for him, so he'll take that." That's awesome. Um, he received his finisher's medal from 2014 Boston Marathon winner. Uh, I, I just call him Meb because I cannot pronounce his last name. Kafleski. Let's I call him Lawyer. God bless you. <laughs> I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, who is also a Gatorade athlete, much like Johnson, and uh, left a signed copy of his book waiting for Jimmy in his hotel room. Johnson wanted to meet him before the race, and then he's like, oh, my gosh, he hands me his, my medal after the race. I think Jimmy was a little starstruck in that That's moment. awesome. Um, Good for him. He's got, Yeah, he said, the, he said the Boston medal's going in his office. He's got a Daytona 500 trophy, a Brickyard trophy, and one of his seven cups in the in his personal office. Very so, nice. Um, the Boston Marathon will go there. But here's what truly stuck out to me. I didn't realize Jimmy's wanted to run the race since 2013. That was the year that uh, MIT police officer Sean Collier died uh, in the pursuit of the bombers. That oh, that's year. right. Yeah. Yeah. Sean's yep. brother was a machinist in Johnson's engine department back then. Oh, his wow. His brother, Andrew. 
Okay. So I, I never realized that until that was mentioned uh, earlier this afternoon that uh, the Collier family was tied to Jimmy, and that's you know was one of the personal reasons he had for running the Boston Marathon. But you know, just a really cool, cool story all the way around. Yeah, you know, it kind of brings it, it again. Something I think about. Um, you're uh, Jacob's probably not old enough to remember this, but, but I'm sure you probably do, Randy. Remember they used to have this thing in the 70s or early 80s, whatever it was, called Battle of the Network Stars? Yes. Yeah. Okay, they used to have competitions between different people on the different TV networks and whatever, and it I've was always... Video. I've seen video of it. Okay. It was on a couple, like, three four years ago, I think. NBC tried to bring it back for, like, one season. And it... So with all these, these NASCAR stars, you know, doing all this athletic and fitness and all that, why couldn't we do a Battle of the NASCAR Stars and do some competitions? You know, I'd like, like to see. Has anybody what? ever seen that show Wipeout? Yes. I mean, that's what I want to see the NASCAR drivers do. See, now that would be entertaining. That would be hilarious. And I know, like, Ryan Blaney's done American Ninja Warrior and stuff, but. Yeah, Blaney did. Uh, I, I oh, know that's not, right. He I know did. Not, I forgot about that. I know it's that. not from the NASCAR side, but New Garden and Ke- New Garden, Castroneves, and Kanan did it from the IndyCar side, well, too. Well, and didn't. Ninja Warrior, that is. What Blaney did Rossi did and. Connor did. Oh, that was um, amazing race. Amazing race. Yeah. yeah. But see, I think that would be fun to, to see those guys in the different and you get some of the younger guys involved. You get Justin Haley and whoever else. I mean, I just think that would be a good time. I think somebody ought to look oh, into I that because be I think that I think the TV ratings on that would be amazing, to be honest. All the contracts, though, how many of the owners would actually let their drivers go out and compete in those kind of events and, you know, risk getting hurt? Well, I mean, you wouldn't have to be – you wouldn't have to do, like, a lot of high-risk kind of say, stuff. there's a lot like of Like a safety. tug of war and, yeah, There's you know. a lot of safety stuff involved yeah. in, in a lot of those things that That's that true. we brought up, Randy. So That's I, true. I just think it would be fun to see them in that sort of a situation and watch them cut up with each other and all oh, of that. Yeah. I think that would be a – I think that would be a great time. Um, okay, so uh, we didn't have a whole lot of time to really talk about this. But real quickly, Easter Bunny 150 presented by mycomputercareer.edu. Training for a better life. Oh, by the way. Yes. Go and, <coughs> pardon me. Go and take the um, free career exam at uh, free career evaluation, that is, at mycomputercareer.edu. They're sponsoring the race. And, and, uh, look, yes. 36 cars, super late models, Hickory Motor Speedway. It's a huge Pro All-Star Series event. Bubba yes. Paul are going to be there. Preston Peltier is coming there. in from Colorado to compete. Um, you know, we're we're going to have a, a heck of a race at yes. Hickory on uh, Saturday. Jared Irvin. Jared Irvin. Yep. yep. So uh, if you're in the area, Hickory, North Carolina area this weekend, and you're looking for something fun to do, uh, well, that's about as good as it gets. Yes. Um, make your plans to go to Hickory Motor Speedway and catch that race. Um, should be a ton of yes. fun. Weather right now uh, looks pretty good for Saturday. So For me, it's... This weekend's kind of bittersweet for me because I've got the great opportunity uh, to be later this week heading across to uh, Jacksonville, Illinois to take in um, one of their midget shows on Friday night. Uh, Power Eye. Not Power Eye sanctioned this week. It's a, it it's a track. No, ne- that's next week at Jacksonville. Okay. This okay. week, uh, this week at Jacksonville is the first of ten tracks. Oh, sanctioned. that's right. Yeah, it's it's uh, the week track after. sanctioned yeah. shows yeah. this weekend. But uh, for me, it's really bittersweet because this will be the first Easter Bunny in the history of the race that I've actually not been in attendance for. Well, whether sitting in the stands or uh, or you know working the event. So I I really hope it's a tremendous race. I mean, Cody Connor, Matt Craig, uh, Travis Benjamin, former Oxford two fifty winners coming down. Um, Kyle Plott going to be there. Ben Rowe, obviously, uh, multi-time past national champion, going to be there. Brandon Setzer repping for the home crowd. It's 
Oh, I hate I'm missing this one. It's going to be a lot of fun, though. Should be, yeah. Well, since you're not going to be there, uh, somebody else will just have to eat your peeps. That's it. You, I hope. Uh, no, I uh, no, uh, th- no. The only way to eat a peep is to toss it in the garbage. In my what? opinion, no, not a peeps fan. That's, those don't, things are awful. Don't start this argument in the these last forty awful. seconds of the show. Then you'll make us awful hour. Because I agree with Tom. Ugh, good grief! Uh, Just okay, give me the chocolate. Okay, you can have the yeah, peeps. We're, we're, we're gonna leave now. Take, take us out of here. By the way, argument. happy Easter, everybody. We hope yes. you have a great Easter weekend. Check back Thursday night, though, because we got another show. Yeah, thanks to MyComputerCareer.edu, HMS Motorsport, and Strutmasters for all their support of this program. For Tom Baker, Randy Miller, Chris Murdoch, I'm Jacob Seelman. Keep it off the wall, folks, and if you're headed to a racetrack, we might just see you there. Have a safe racing weekend. Good Good night. You've been listening to the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. The Stock Car Show is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network. www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated. And may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section on the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program program are those of the host, co-host, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the Stock Car Show returns on Thursday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, stay tuned for more great motorsports programming on the Performance Motorsports Network.